and uh, welcome to the Unlucky Frog Gaming Podcast. You're joined by your usual hosts, uh, Josh Hartley and Ben Porter. Ben, how has uh, how, how's the week been for you? Um, it's gotten better. Yeah. Because... Because you haven't had people tell you that you uh, they don't trust you or that having someone from Just Eat effectively call you a pie. Yeah, I've not had any of that and... The insurers finally got up off their arses and put the money through, so my bathroom is being fixed. Hey! Have we actually talked about on the podcast? I'm sure it's been been mentioned. Yeah, so um, Ben and Charlotte's uh, bath has broken and it has took about five weeks. I don't don't think that's an exaggeration. It's um, It's been a long time. It's been a long time coming. And... uh, the insurers will be getting a sternly worded letter. That's true. Yes. <laughs> Are you going to do it on the Unlucky Frog he- uh, gaming uh, headed paper? I think I should make yeah. it look all official. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, this guy means business. Aye. <laughs> or they'll just see Aye. it and laugh at him and go, what is this? Or both. They, they laugh, but in that way. Yeah, like, they're just like <laughs> nervous. Ah, uh, um. Yeah, unlikely. That seems, fear of the unknown seems unlikely. Yeah, I think but, so. Uh, but the important thing is, uh, you, you, your bathroom's going to be back in order. Uh, so. Hurrah! Yep. Um, but yes, uh, we're going to cover off uh, what we've been doing gaming-wise over the last week or so. But let's cover off the news first of all. Um, so, what, what what do we want to start with here? Well, I think the big news is. Um, a few months back, we spoke about Space Goat Productions. Yes, and how they'd made a complete arse. I don't. I don't think that's. I don't think <laughs> that's, that's too te- strong to say that. Technical legal yeah, term. They, they made a. They made a complete um, bodge job mm. of the Evil Dead Kickstarter um, to the point where we found out quite recently that Gamerati, who I believe were involved in the fulfilment. Mm-hmm. of the Evil Dead 2 uh, Kickstarter um, actually enforced a, a warehouse lion against them. Yeah. So the, this basically is, a, if, if people aren't familiar with this term, it's effectively where uh, one company seizes the assets of another company that's yeah. stored in a warehouse. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's called a lion because there's a legal basis for this, right? There's yeah. The, there's a process that you go through. Gamerati have done that. Um, more often than not, this comes about because the the terms of whatever agreement has been drawn up has been violated, mm-hmm. and the the distributor um, is then within their rights to seize those assets yeah. in order to recoup some of the losses. Yeah. And just to be clear, um, there are no lions involved. A warehouse lion. A warehouse lion. It's a, it's the best security guard. I I think a warehouse warehouse lion would be like a bit sickly though. Like he's mm. he's he's been locked away for too long. Oh, he <laughs> passed his prime. Yeah, got a little spare tire on the go. Yeah, just just spends the evening because people like people aren't bothered breaking into this warehouse. So he spends the evening just watching the soaps. Yeah, with like his little sort of. Half moon glasses, yeah. like Kurtzonies, and they're just kind of 
Oh, Ken Barlow. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, he's got he's got the security feed in the background. Nah, he's not he watching that. He's not yeah. watching that. Yeah, there's like kids breaking in, Aye. stealing copies of the Evil Dead. <laughs> that's that's why it wasn't fulfilled. Yeah. <laughs> that was the whole reason. So now they've got a proper warehouse line. Yes. Um, <laughs> the legal one. Yeah. So uh, who who um, who has ended up with the stock? So um, what happens with the lion is the the stock that's being uh, seized is put out to auction, mm-hmm. um, and then people. It's kind of like, kind of like oh, what, what's that TV show called? The TV show where like, they go like storage hunters. Storage so. hunters. There yeah, we go. Well, it's, it's a similar. It's a idea. giant version of storage hunters. Yeah. But I mean, like you joke about that, but it's one of the the ways that a lot of people get these things is they get repossessed by the, yeah. the government things yeah. like that, and then they just put them out to to auction. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is Jasco Games, yes, that have uh, picked up this this stock. Jasco Games being behind the upcoming Street Fighter miniatures mm-hmm. game, and also the Universal Fighting System. Yeah, and I know I, I think I've said to you before. Um, uh, Joe Vargas mm-hmm. of the Angry Joe Show is quite involved in um, in Jasco Games. He was he was involved in development of the Street Fighter miniatures game in yeah. particular, and he was uh, one of the the more vocal uh, complainers during the Evil Dead Two campaign. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I imagine that he's he's probably involved in some way in 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 this. As now, well. now uh, to note, we, we had a quick look because they've actually published the full inventory of what they has have. been seized. I have a list, and uh, we'll we'll post the list in the show notes. But what what struck us about this list? There's no actual games on this. <laughs> the The list appears to be all the uh, sort of higher tier pledges and stretch goals. Uh, things like new dice, comics, that yeah. sort of thing. Which is cool, but... Yeah, but that no actual copies of Evil Dead 2, the board game. Yeah. So, so I, I don't know. Hopefully this is a sign that there's some light at the end of the tunnel for those people who invested in this. It's, it's So there's a couple of things that... Um that could be the reason for this. First of all, it could be that the, the game never went to print. Yeah, they, which they, would not surprise me with the the level. They, of... they, they took the decision to make the stretch pledges before making the core game itself. But it, it was the level of of deceit and incompetence. Oh yeah, that um that Space Goat Productions have demonstrated. That would not surprise me. The other thing is, um, as is very often the case with these things, it could be in another warehouse. Yeah, so. So, like I say, hopefully, hopefully those who backed the campaign, uh, this is a sign that there might maybe some light at the end of the yeah. tunnel. Uh, unfortunately, it is, it is yet another painful reminder that you are investing in a project, not buying. And the fact of the matter is, calling out Kickstarter a little bit here, they don't do an awful lot to enforce accountability. No, there is not much they can do, but. I, I dare say that with a lot of recent events, I, I I personally would like to see them taking more steps. Yeah. To um to to hold these unscrupulous, um companies to account. Yeah, I 
I think I think the thing from their point of view is like how how involved do they want to get right, and, mm-hmm. and what benefit would there be for them if they try and go down that route? Well, put it this way: I think it is a matter of time before someone mounts a fairly credible case against Kickstarter. Yeah, with with some of the stuff they've done, like the um the overturned debacle. Mm-hmm. Was it was it overturned? The the Rising Sands one. Yeah, I yeah. believe so. Yeah. They overturned debacle where it turned out that most of that had been plagiarised. Yeah. Kickstarter were pretty slow to respond. They they their hand was forced mm. when the company fulfilling it said that we are not having anything to do with this. But prior to that, yeah. Kickstarter didn't and really in an instance like that, it should be Kickstarter leading the way. Uh, uh, but I, I, I can't imagine in all reality they would want to get involved in these sort of legal disputes. I don't think they would be, but I, I, I think, think it, they may well have to. I think it's yeah. going to happen so. at some point. So there we go. Uh, so that's the latest update on The Evil Dead 2. Yeah. Um, so what games have we been playing this week? Um, I, I was through at... Duncan Cowens, uh, Duncan of uh, Tabletop, Tabletop Scotland, Scotland. Um, playing on the fabled Geek and Sun. Oh, lucky yeah, man. Very nice <laughs> table. So, um, Charlotte and Duncan played a game called Roll for the Galaxy mm-hmm. whilst I assembled the miniatures for Night Vault. Yeah. Which came out on the, the same day. Um, they Charlotte raved about that game. It looked quite interesting. Um, but I was quite invested in building your building your yeah, plastic I re- really minis. Want, really wanted to play that on the the day it came out. Mm-hmm. Um, but so they they played that, seemed to have a blast, and then Duncan and I um, had a had a go at Night Vault. Yes. So we'll, we'll maybe talk about that a, a little bit more because you've also now. I've had a shot play. with the with the, the new war bands. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, so yeah, what what are your first impressions? I really like Magic. Yeah, I I think it's a great addition to the game. I think they've balanced it pretty well because it gives you a different way to approach things. Mm. It gives certain fighters on the board a much greater effective range mm-hmm. than they had before. So the game's not quite as melee centric. Yeah, as it was in Shade Spire. But they've balanced it well because if you want to include spells in your deck, mm-hmm. you're going to have less ploys. Yep. So you you don't just gain an advantage for free. You have to decide if you're going to go all out spells, which is fine. I imagine by the time that we've had a few expansions mm-hmm. out, that'll that, be, that, that yeah. be quite a viable thing to do, but it does mean that you're potentially losing out on those ploys. Um but the the wizards aren't so powerful that if you didn't have one in your warband that you would feel that you it's a, a it's the fact that they have to roll right like you have to roll successfully to cast a spell yeah. uh, i think that balances it quite considerably there's ways of weighting it in your favor mm. but there's certain spells that are just a lot harder to cast like the 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 two uh, new symbols that we've got mm-hmm. on the the spell casting dice. You've got the channel symbol, which is the forked lightning. Yep. And then you've got the focus symbol, which is the little swirl. Mm-hmm. The the channel symbol occurs three times, I believe. Yeah. And the focus symbol twice. Uh-huh. So it does mean that certain spells are that bit trickier to cast. 
Yeah. And then if you roll double crit, you suffer a miscast and it damages you. So it's you you can choose to, to use that magic, but it's like you're saying there's a little bit of gamble involved mm-hmm. there. It's it, but flavor wise it's great because it creates this feeling that you you're trying to harness quite volatile energies. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what what do you think of it so far? Uh no, I, I liked it. I, I quite like. I had uh, we. I was playing as the night haunt, mm-hmm. um, all the ghosty guys, um, and uh, they're an interesting warband. Very much more mobile than the undead that I'm used to. Uh, I don't know. I'd need to sink my teeth into it, but yeah, it's it's certainly more of an evolution than revolution. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the addition of magic's a welcome one. Um, it doesn't break the game. It just adds something new to it to make it a bit more interesting. In particular, looking forward to some of the war bands coming out over the next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I believe the uh, new ones are coming up for well, pre-order while just you're now. Looking that up, one of the other refinements that I that I'm quite fond mm-hmm. of is the the way that they've reworded the token placement rules. Yeah. So it'll sit when when it tells you when it describes to you making a charge action, mm-hmm. it'll say, make a move, then an attack action, and then gain a charge token. Right. Because there are a couple of uh, ploys and upgrades and things. Like, there's... The Stormcast have one, I think mm-hmm. it's called Stunning Strike or something like that. And it it's an upgrade that, um, that can be applied to Amis or Rastus, mm-hmm. which are the two non-leader characters. Mm-hmm. And if... If the attack is successful, the 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 target of the attack gains a charge token. Oh right! Wow. So it it's this really clever and efficient use of the token. Yeah. That rather than having to create a whole set of rules. Yeah, it's just for like a stun attack. Yeah. It's just you just do that put attack. that, and they can't do anything now. Yeah. So so it's simples. Re- really nice bit of streamlining there. Yeah. So uh, the two new warbands coming out. We first of all have uh, Eyes of the Nine, okay, which is the Zinch warband. Yep. So uh, this is led by Vortimus the All-Seeing, who's a Zinch sorcerer. He's got a couple of acolytes with him, uh, Zangor bodyguard, and he can summon up this uh, blue horror. Yep. To. Um, and he can summon the blue horror you were telling me on any starting hex in the game as well, which is really, so. really useful for trying to get into your opponent's yeah. territory as and well. And similar to the the Skaven and the Sepulchral Guard from uh, from the first season, he retains any upgrades mm-hmm. that you gave him as yeah. well. So that's that's pretty handy. But I think the one that I think we're both looking forward to more yeah. is. Uh, Zarbag's Gits, yeah. which is a warband of goblins, and they look fantastic. How, how many are there? There are nine miniatures in here, so you get seven goblins and two uh, squigs, who, if, if, you, um, if you've never followed the Warhammer uh, universe, squigs are these fungal-based monsters with massive teeth. They're like little Pac-Man monsters, yeah. they just stomp about eating stuff. Uh, so I believe the the two squigs they have a squig herder who uh, and they deploy in front of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, my favourite miniature is there's a fanatic, a fanatic 
which is a goblin who is, for want of a better phrase, high on uh, special mushrooms uh, and has a big ball and chain. I think I think he's like, it's the sort of goblin equivalent of Buckfast. Yeah. So he's like, he's <laughs> smashed, but he's absolutely rattling at the same time. Yeah. But um, one of the interesting things about that character is that he uh, utilises that new scatter template. Yeah, which is cool. Uh, it means uh, very much in uh, in keeping with how Fanatics worked in uh, 8th yeah. edition as well. So um, lo- I'm really looking forward to trying them. And uh, they've, they've got in, <laughs> I love this, uh, one of the objective cards for the goblins. Call that a win. Score this in the third end phase if there are five or more surviving friendly fighters. So I think that gives that that gives you an indication on uh, on how to play that warband. They're thoroughly expendable. So back back in the day with Warhammer Fantasy, goblins were one of my favourite armies to play against mm-hmm. because some of the stuff that happened with them was just so funny. Like you're saying, they they'd have the fanatics. That had as much chance to damage their own units. <laughs> yeah, as go back yours. into them. But they they are the they're the cowardliest, weediest, most conniving little guys in the whole of Warhammer, and they're just great. Aye, they're so much fun. Really, and they, these I can't stress enough. These are fantastic miniatures as well. And, and uh, they've got they've kept the iconic uh, Games Workshop Night Goblin aesthetic. So yeah, they've so got, they've the got big, the little black hoods. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one one of the archers has an arrow through his hood as well. Yes, yeah. <laughs> one one of them's actually got his hood falling into his eyes. And yeah, he's still trying to shoot. Yeah, it's brilliant brilliant so that's that's uh what's coming up for uh night vault so we'll uh, we'll let you know once we've sunk our teeth into it more I, I i'm personally i'm thinking uh I'm, I'm sticking with the skeletons for now but mm-hmm. those goblins look really fun yeah those goblins look really fun i think they're going to be popular yeah. I, I think they're going to be one of those war bands it doesn't really matter how good or bad they are I think people are just going to love playing them. Yeah. Because goblins. Yeah. Because, yeah, well, goblins, why not? Well, I mean, they're grots now in Aegis uh, The copyright version of goblins. Yeah. Yeah, there we are. Sorry. <laughs> but gen- generally speaking, to sort of sum up um, how I'm feeling about Night Vault, it- it's improved upon Warhammer Underworlds mm-hmm. and... and- very interesting ways without detracting from the core game because a lot of the time I feel that like expansions and uh, um, additions and new cycles to games can very often render the original game unrecognisable yeah it, it can be a bit of a risk expanding or, again. or, or, or even uh, making the existing uh, gangs, warbands armies, whatever completely useless as well uh, whereas it doesn't feel like that's the case with this one, I think I, I think you'll you'll still get plenty yeah. of game out of it. I'm interested to to see how, for instance, the my my dwarfs mm-hmm. measure up against the the new night haunt. Yeah, because the the night haunt want to try and mob you, mm-hmm. and the dwarfs love a fight. <laughs> yeah, so that that's going to be interesting. But obviously, they don't have magic. Mm. 
So there we go. So mm. we'll we'll see how that all pans out. But what else did you manage to to play while you were over at Duncan's? I played Endeavour. Yes. Yeah. This is the game of uh, well, a game of European imperialism, basically. Pretty much, it's a very impressive game. Mm-hmm. You you do love a good insert. Oh. Oh. You, you would. Uh, you would, uh, would, would you, have, you would have been positively oh. giddy at the sight of this one. Oh wow! Yeah, um, it, it's just all really neatly arranged. Mm-hmm. Um, the graphics all look great. It's a beautiful looking map. Mm-hmm. Um, it it looks like it's been styled to look like a map of the time. Yeah, um, and it's a really big game. Mm-hmm. In terms of scale, um, I really enjoyed it, and uh, as you know, I'm generally speaking a, a, a wee bit cynical when it comes to uh, games that where it's all about economics. Mm-hmm. But the good thing about this is got it's got a good dose of conflict in it, <laughs> which satisfies your hunger. Yeah. So. But interestingly enough, it was Charlotte that was being the most confrontational in this. Yeah, but t- towards you. Yeah. 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 Well, that's that's par for course. So, so, so Charlotte, Ross, and Duncan are all being horrible and, you know, gathering up loads of gold. Meanwhile, I was in North America, mm-hmm. uh, freeing slaves. Look at you via the the underground railroad. You virtue signaller. <laughs> <laughs> Like, <laughs> oh, look at me! I freed the slaves in this board game I played. Yeah. Did you? Did you free slaves in real life, Ben? Did you? No, I didn't. Nah. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. but yeah, because uh, that was the first thing you told me about you playing this game. Endeavor's great. I ended slavery. I did. <laughs> no, I actually did. Because there's like milestones within the game yeah. that then uh, trigger certain events. Like if you if you have a certain amount of control mm. over a region, you become the governor yeah. of that region. Um, but what happened was the because you've got quests in here, mm-hmm. which is really neat. So it's not just what's going on the board. There's these quests over at the side that give that you're you, trying to fulfil. They yeah. give you little side objectives, basically. And and one of them was the Underground Railroad. Mm-hmm. And what's really neat is the flavour text that actually gives you a bit of the history about oh, what that's this nice. is. Yeah, because like one that. one of the other objectives was the Spanish Main, mm-hmm. and it was about um, is about fortifying cities in South and Central America, which was the Spanish Empire yeah. at one point. Um, but I I went hell for leather with the Underground Railroad <laughs> because everyone else had slavery cards. Right. So what it meant was that when I ended st- slavery, that they all got punished for having slaves. I, I just, I, I just love the the mental image of you guys going right. We've ended slavery, and everyone else at the table just going, "Oh, why?" No, no, that's a good no. thing. It's a good thing. And you know, I, I obviously did it. Out of the goodness of my heart, it and was not not to undermine the not, economies no, that your opponents had. It built. wasn't in any way done to spite my opponents. It was for the good of humanity. Just like in real life, eh? 
Joe. No, but I, that's, I that's to, like, that's, yeah. yeah, that's it was at least a factor in the decision. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's like well, well hmm, if we abolish slavery, this is going to cripple the South's economy. Yeah. Well then, <laughs> yeah. like, and you know, there's there's a rebellion going on in America just now, so. Mm. Maybe we should abolish slavery. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it would be good yeah. if people weren't slaves, right? But yeah, but tell me more about this rebellion. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, so uh, no, that's good. I, I I'd love to give it a, a shot actually because it does yeah. sound like my kind of game. It's well. um, it was published by the Grand Gamers Guild. Yeah, which we we had Mark Spector from the Grand of Gamers course. Guild on the the show recently and um. Endeavor was mentioned in the course of the conversation, so it was really cool to actually be able to play it. Yeah. Um, and as one of the many games in Duncan's disgustingly huge library. Yeah. Let's let's not yeah. <laughs> let's not go there because uh, it is significant. Yeah. But um, so so that's what that's what you've been up to gaming wise this week. I, I suppose the the thing I want to add is. Um, well, Magic the Gathering related stuff. Sorry, Ben. Yeah. Uh, but, um, I'll just set an alarm clock. Yeah. <laughs> um, but two things have happened. One, uh, the Guilds of Ravnica is now out. Um, I unfortunately was not able to make it along to a pre-release uh, just without things lined up. But uh, on second point, the Magic uh, Arena, uh, their which new, is the app, right? Yeah, yeah. their new online. Uh, gaming platform that they've been working on is now an open beta. So uh, wait, wait, wait. I was part of the closed beta. Uh, as was I. As was you for a, a brief period, and we'll talk about that in a moment. <laughs> yeah. um, and, but uh, they've now opened it up. It has involved an account reset. So. Um, so is that stats, collections? Yes, collections, everything. everything. Apart from any actual money that you'd spent on the system, they had reimbursed you for that in in game currency. Okay, yeah. So, so I. I opened the game up and had absolutely bucket loads of in-game currency. How much? Um, I didn't. I, I didn't translate it into pounds, right? Didn't want to. I didn't want to. No. <laughs> um, but put it like this: I've, I've I've had a significant amount of money to <laughs> spend in game, so I just yeah. bought a load of booster packs and cracked them all open. <laughs> this is so, fine. Yeah. This is. I'm enjoying this. This is fine. Um, so, uh, first of all, I suppose Guilds of Ravnica is really fun. So, or so far anyway. And what with uh, this also hails uh, a shakeup in the standard format. We've got some of the old uh, collections going out, and Guilds of Ravnica coming in. So, notably, the Kaladesh block and the Amonkhet block. Are now like no longer standard. This is playable. just to freshen up the yeah, the meta. and that and it's it so far. Anyway, this has only been the first weekend, really, as of this recording. Uh, but there's some really neat new uh, decks coming yeah. about already. Um, it seems quite diverse because of how Guilds of Ravnica is set up. So you've got five. It, it's got five of the ten two color pairs in this set. So I. My prediction is for at least the next few months until we get the second set in this uh, block out, uh, we're going to see more of a focus on those five colour pairs. Um, but uh, in terms of uh, uh, the Magic the Gathering Arena beta, 
they've made some changes to it. Some quality of life improvements? Or... Yeah, so uh, th th they've made the auto-tapper a little better. So this is just... It it's a small thing, but on Magic Online, you had to manually click on each land that you wanted to tap, whereas now it will uh, just tap them automatically for you. So it saves a lot of time and one of those annoying things. The only thing is... Um, so not only do you not have to get up and go to the store to play Magic... Mm. You don't, you don't even have to tap your lands anymore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, little things like that. But uh, I think one... Uh, I remembered your criticism of it yeah. uh, when you tried it. One in, of them. Or one of them. Yeah. <laughs> in particular was the tutorial. Yeah. Or rather the lack thereof when it came to what explaining what the formats are. Well, the tutorial was fine, but it was like... It was like this almost sort of Spartan type thing of like you're like a three-year-old kid you've just learned to walk and it's like right on go, you go go kill a monster yeah that it felt a bit like that you got out the tutorial which was i i and i said to you like hats off to them it, it was very well crafted it introduced the the tropes and mechanics of each of the the colors mm -hmm. very well and they also injected a, a nice amount of flavor in, which is one of my criticisms of the the way that the game is approached in general is that yeah. the, the the mathematical approach that's taken to magic um, often means that the... No one cares about the story. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you had this great tutorial and then, like, you know, Nicol Bolas comes in and you're like, oh shit, it's him, this yeah. the big bad and all that. And then they just pop you out and there's a list of formats with no explanation of what they do. Yeah. So what they've changed now is that when you finish that tutorial... Um, the only thing you can do is just go play some other players in a constructed uh, match. So it, the actual computer tells you... Or you, you, you get this thing... It reminds me of Navi from uh, Legend of Zelda. Hey, listen! Not quite as obnoxious as that, yeah. but, but yeah. Uh, this little sprite tells you, okay, now if you go play this, uh, and then you'll get rewarded with this uh, for playing in a match... Or doing fulfilling these objectives, uh, like just simple stuff to start you off on, like play five lands mm -hmm. and that sort of thing. Uh, and then when you do that for a little bit, it opens it up. Still doesn't explain what a draft is though. <laughs> and it's like it's been months now, right? Yeah. You and I. I Look, felt... I know. I know. <laughs> I filled in a survey, and I'm not saying like they should have listened to my feedback from all the thousands of feedback forms they got, mm -hmm. but I would think that if it was a problem that I had, it's a problem that other people would have had, and I would have thought that they would want to pay particular attention to the detractors of the game. Yeah, and it makes me wonder, though, right, have they designed this just with people who play Magic the Gathering already in mind because if that's the case that 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 seems like a mistake that's I think that's fine but it's an awful business strategy yeah <laughs> yeah well you want to, you want your player base to grow because so. one of the things that that we've always said is that if your player base is not growing mm -hmm. it is a matter of time before you you're gonna get drop off you're gonna experience yeah. drop off because what happens is you'll have established Magic the Gathering players who are very enthusiastic about mm -hmm. the game, are very involved in the community. All of a sudden, one of them has a kid 
mm-hmm. has to stop playing. Yep. One of them is shift patterns change. He has to stop playing. So if you've not got new players coming in, yeah, to fill those spots, it's a matter of time before exactly. it exactly diminishes. So that 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 was my thoughts on uh, the changes that they've made to uh, the beta. I, I do have to say though, I think if you if you enjoy Magic: The Gathering, particularly playing standard or uh, drafts. Um, it is well worth your time. Mm-hmm. Um, it, if if you're new to it, it will teach you the basics of the game, but and then will it will it will destroy you. you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, but, it will it will tire you, feather you, then set you on fire, and then call you stupid, and call you stupid, and and send a mob after you. Yeah, there we are. So. <laughs> So that's my week. <laughs> so, um, so that's what I've been up to, and I think we, with that, are we? Are oh we, well, no. Oh, do we have one more thing? There was have another thought, game what? that we played. You were in there bragging about it, not forty minutes ago. Oh, I want to give more time for that, though. No, you, you've got five minutes. Oh, bugger off! You got five minutes. Five minutes. Right, we did play Scrabble. Yeah. As well, uh, inspired by our recent guest. Uh, uh, James talked about Magnate and specifically the history of Monopoly it's encouraged me to um, persuade Ben and Charlotte to have a crack at frankly one of my favourite games of all time Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's something it's a game that it's one of my favourites because it's something I share with my dad and my brother like every Christmas but that's that's fine because it's one of the things that a lot of people talk about that they feel is missing from reviews is people talking about how games make them feel yeah and it's if you're just fond of that game because of the memories attached to it there's nothing wrong with that but I I have this thing where um, people people rail on like the old classics like mm-hmm. Monopoly Cluedo I but my point to you guys was Scrabble's different Scrabble holds up. Yeah. Uh, so, I'm. What did you think of it? Like playing it. I I fall into this trap of trying to come up with really convoluted words. Yeah. But then but that's it, not that. No, that's not how you win. It's not. It's not how Scrabble works. But that's just like the little challenge that I set to myself is like, <laughs> how can I get the biggest word? To be you? fair, if you can play a seven-letter word, that's exceptionally good. Yeah. Right. Like, but anything short of seven letters is probably not the most efficient way of playing. It, Scrabble's fundamentally a tile placement game. Yeah. You don't actually have to have uh, an extensive command of the English language or whatever language you... It helps, yeah. but it it doesn't guarantee that you're, you're going to win. And no. I say that as someone who quite naturally sometimes falls into using quite flowery language. It, it did not um, confer a particular advantage <laughs> to me, but uh, um, but yeah, who won? Um, you won. Yeah, convincingly. C- convincingly, but at the same time, I, th- I feel like you need a bit of perspective here, Josh, because you do play the game a lot more. No, than- well, I, I mean, I, I say this jokingly, but uh, this is one of my uh, one of my positive critiques of the game is that. I think a good game, you know, is is one where the person who has the more skill or experience is probably going to have an upper hand. Yeah. Yeah. Because if it's completely random, then why are you bothering? 
So the the fact that one I won and won by some margin mm-hmm. uh, confirmed to me, okay, well this this is quite a well designed game, uh, and you know not not just anyone you, you can pick it up, but not just anyone can just win no, right out no. of the bat. I think considering also it was first designed in nineteen thirty eight. Yeah, so the history of it goes back to 38. I was actually reading a little bit of it. I think the Scrabble that everyone recognises was first published in the early 50s. I think it was 52. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it didn't go through significant changes between those two dates. And really the only changes it's gone through since then have been addition of new words to the English language. Which is is really, if you think about it, more an errata than... Yeah. a change on an expansion. And I think, given given the age of the game, the actual mechanics of the game and the mm. design holds up and stands the test of time, unlike... I, I, I would... There was a couple of criticisms I had of it. For me, Scrabble has a lot of the same problems that Azul does. Mm-hmm. That because it requires such precision play, there's not a lot of interactivity. No. You... Yeah, I must admit, if you if if everyone's intent on like winning yeah. in a game of Scrabble, you're very often spending prolonged periods of silence just looking at your tiles. And it, what it means with a game like that is that you can play it online versus a computer versus another opponent, and you're not going to have a wholly dissimilar experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I do feel like. A lot of the time, and that this is not this is nothing against people that like solo gaming or anything like that. But if I'm playing a tabletop game, I I want to be interacting. Yeah. Um, and I I feel like Scrabble's not really conducive to that. But then again, it, it also depends on how you're playing it and who you're playing it with. Because mm-hmm. I imagine there'll be people that are just going out the way to spell fart and stuff like that. I got ass. You got I, I played arse and I was quite proud of myself, but yeah. it was it wasn't a great score. No. Probably wasn't even the best play I could have done yeah. at that time. But though. then, the, but brings me on to my second criticism is that I do feel that, um, and I can hear all the veteran gamers um, howling in anguish with me even just thinking this. I do feel that it could benefit from some sort of achievement system. And I don't mean achievement like the Xbox or or like the Gloomhaven sheet where you're taking stuff off. I mean more akin to Catan, mm-hmm. where in Catan you're awarded bonus points having the longest road. So Could I like bonus points for the longest word, longest word, yeah. um, uh, single biggest payoff mm-hmm. in one play, things like that. I can I I can see that, but at the same time, they Mattel would probably upset so many people <laughs> by changing anything to that game. Yeah, I know. So, um, but maybe they could try house ruling it. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, and there's nothing to stop them from printing different versions of yeah. it. Exactly. I think this is the thing that people forget is that if new stuff comes out, you don't have to use it. Yeah. Just use the old stuff that you love. It was That's like, fine. When people lost their shit when Age of Sigmar came out, you can still play 8th edition Warhammer Fantasy. It's fine. If you want to do that, you can do that. No! I need to go burn my army of dark elves <laughs> and film it and put it up on the internet. People will think I'm a sane and rational person. Lighter fluid. Because that, that is a sane and rational response. to Yeah. That. yeah. Burning some... If you, if you want to come across as... A perfectly rational human being 
ritualistically burn something in response to a thing you don't like. Listen, that's if it was good enough advice. for Savonarola, it's good enough for me. And on that note, <laughs> we'll uh, draw this episode <laughs> to a close. But thank you very much for listening, guys. Until next time, take care, and we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Tom. Hope you enjoyed that. Uh, if you want to check out more Unlucky Frog, check their Facebook page. You can find it by searching Unlucky Frog Gaming. You can also support them on Patreon. And uh, check out their website at www.unluckyfrog.com. Mention the Twitter. Oh, yeah. Get the Twitter. They've got Twitter, too. It's pretty cool.